Ladies and gents, my name is Matt Locke and you're listening to, and perhaps watching, the Unleashing Potential podcast. It's in these episodes that I chat with a range of progressive individuals who are unleashing their potential on the world around them at work and in life. With that said, I'm glad you're here so you can join me as we take a deep dive into today's guest. You're too welcome to the podcast. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know we've uh, we've taken a little bit of time to get there, the time differences and all of the different bits and pieces that have been going on at this end in particular with the, the various wet weather events, but it's a pleasure to have you here. And what I'd love for you to do is introduce yourself, just who you are, where you are, and uh, and what it is you do in the world. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for having me on the show. Uh, my name is Hitu Jageser. I'm the president of the Art of Living Foundation in Canada. I'm also an instructor with the foundation, so have been teaching the the various workshops that we deliver, uh, breath work, meditation, yoga workshops for the last 20 odd years, um, not just in Canada, but I've taught in various parts of the world as well. And right now I'm based on Vancouver Island, so it's still Tuesday here for me, Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> sure thing, Vancouver Island. I haven't been quite that far, I've been very close. I've been to a place called Squamish, you would know, of course which is just up back on the mainland. But uh, I have my, a friend of mine is now living on the island. And he, he certainly <laughs> describes it as um, basically perfection. Um, now, you mentioned the Art of Living Foundation. Um, just uh, maybe, yeah, tell me a bit more about that, what, what that is, what it does. Um, it sounds like it's an international organization. I'd love to hear more about that. It is. It's an international organization with the vision of creating stress-free, violence-free communities and societies. And uh, we are based in over 156 countries. Today we've been um, in service for over 40 years. We're a humanitarian and educational organization and it's run uh, globally, it's volunteer-based. <clears throat> so our instructors, are all volunteers, our service projects are run by volunteers. So we do various um, uh, things from anywhere from personal development um, to sustainable development through various environmental projects, social de development projects. Um, it's a huge, huge organization. But for, for Canada right now, our focus is on um, providing tools and techniques to individuals and communities to handle stress, to handle trauma, to handle negative emotions, and then to live a healthier, more balanced uh, lifestyle in a nutshell. Well, certainly right up our street, that's for sure. And uh, I guess just to give uh, some context around the timing of this, because obviously the podcasts live forever, um, we're just globally, we're just rolling out of the back end of the C-19 pandemic. And so I imagine that's been a busy time for a foundation such as yours. When we think about the, for example, mental health, I know that that's um, a major topic um, globally, of course, but yeah. also um, for your foundation, it's a, a key area of focus, uh, given anxiety, depression, you mentioned already domestic violence, um, you know, all of those Unfortunately, the data has moved in the wrong direction very much on the back of the pandemic. 
Um, how has your organization, how has the organization adapted to that and tried to help help combat those those struggles? Yeah, definitely our work has increased. I mean, we, this is what we do. This is what we're here for. Uh, we had to very, at the start of the pandemic, very quickly, like everybody else, switch to online teaching. So our um, programs, the vast majority are available online even now, and we will continue down this road. And um, people are reaching out. And one of the reasons why I'm here with you today, Matt, is just to, to raise awareness as to what we do and that the fact that we are here and our approach is very um, effective, simple to do, and uh, bears results very quickly. Using very simple breathing techniques, meditation, a little bit of yoga, a little bit of uh, self-awareness, we can shift uh, from you know, our inner world. We can have more control over our inner world when the outside world is unraveling around us in a way that we are not used to, in a way that we are not comfortable with. So having more control with what's going on inside, in the mind, at the level of the emotions and having self-mastery over that is where we need to be heading. So these techniques that we teach, they're evidence-based. There's a lot of science backing them, the data around the, the breath work and the meditation that we teach. And today it's very accessible. It's accessible to everybody. You know, anybody can do these, these techniques. So that's oh, where we are, yeah. Yeah, incredibly powerful. I mean, it's part of uh, our sort of online um, program level up. In certain, we introduce um, some basic breath work, mindfulness. Um, we do a couple of guided meditation sessions and so on. And it, for often, for many people, it's often their first time. It's an introduction to those kind of tools, and most people are blown away by how effective they are, the impact that they can have. Um, but by the time there with us of course there's almost like a filter process getting through to being on the program and therefore they tend to be more open and receptive and they're in an environment where they're ready to learn i'd be really fascinated to know how you how you try and access um and and enter the world of those who who need help um but are not necessarily open yet to the idea of mindfulness and, and the breath work and so on. I mean, how do you, how do you reach out? It's you like know, calling, I guess. <laughs> you know, a lot of this happens through word of mouth. In our case, this is how, this is what's been the most effective over the 40 odd years that we've been in existence, because these techniques are so powerful, so beneficial, so transformative, um, that people share it with, you know, whenever they've, they've benefited it from it, they will tell people around them, their friends and family, to reach out to us. So the majority of our um, courses happen through word of mouth. And then, of course, some marketing is required as well, you know, as, as it is today in the digital world. Um, but mainly people uh, will come because they know somebody who has benefited from it and they want to experience it. And also those who undergo the, the courses, they undergo the transformation, their presence itself speaks for it. 
you know they, they you can see from the the day one when they entered the program to the last day when they they leave the program they're smiling they're much lighter they're much brighter and something has shifted at a very very deep level so that shows up in the way they conduct themselves in their relationships with other people also in the professional environment and people notice that oh something is different you know and i want that what what's working for you here and that's how people come absolutely the um sometimes i find when you know i'm talking to people and they ask what we do and how we do it when i when i get to the part about mindfulness um and i talk about breath work and and meditation I, some people you can see their eyes glaze over you lose them at that point and um if you use the word i find the same if you use the word with the term spirituality um, and i know that for some people that still has religious undertones to it and if they're not religious if they don't have a religious belief then it's all already starting to be a barrier to them um, I think we've made, I mean, every cloud has a silver lining and certainly this pandemic that we're on the back of now. Um, one of the silver linings, I believe, is the uh, a lot more, uh, certainly awareness around the subjects of suicide prevention and mental health, um, much greater awareness around that, which is fantastic. Uh, as well, the stigma around mindfulness and, and meditation and breath work, um, I believe has been reduced, um, generally speaking. Um, just uh, my own observations, I guess I'm talking about. But the term spirituality and, and how that fits into today's world, I'd love to hear what, what you think. What I mean, what does spirituality mean to you in today's world? Anything that uplifts your spirit. See, you're not just matter. There's consciousness in you, right? You're not just this physical body. There's an energy in you. There's the consciousness that allows you to move and tick and do whatever, everything that you do. So the energy behind you, inside of you, that the way in which you can harness that, you can uplift that, you can increase that energy level so that you are happier, you are more living more with the human values. When I, when I talk about human values, I talk about love and compassion and friendliness, we all know this. This is what being spiritual is. So to be more in touch with that natural state that we were born with, of being loving, compassionate, caring, you know, more in harmony with people around us, with the environment around us, that is what spirituality is, all simply. You know, you don't have to, uh, you know, be religious. You don't have to have certain sets of beliefs just recognizing that there's much more to you than just this body, much more to you than your mind, much more to you than your emotions, that you're pure scintillating joy, energy, love, spirit, and accessing that and having the means to, to live fully to your potential, being happy, that is spirituality, right? And caring for others as well. Living in a world where you're only consumed with your own needs and, and desires, that is not a spiritual life. But when you start to care for others, when you start to feel connected with yourself and with others around you, that is living spiritually. That's it. 
you know, it's, 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 it's our natural state, state of being. And if you want to go a little bit further, you know, the founder of Art of Living, Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, he says religion is like the, the, the banana skin and spirituality is the banana. Right? Very often we hold on to the skin and throw away the banana. But the essence is, is there in your hand. You know, this is what you're made up of. So holding on to the human values, yeah. I've not heard that way before. It's a nice way of describing it, I think. Um, yeah. Just sort of um, condensing it down. Um, so, I mean, when we think about being in touch with ourselves and so on, and that it all sounded wonderful, but I don't have time because I'm too busy. I'm working. I've got a million emails. I've got to take the kids to soccer. I've got to try and find time to train and be fit myself and cook. And I don't have time for any of that is often what we hear. Um, so busier so anyway. you are, yeah. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, and that's right. I mean, it's a busy world, right? And uh, people, yeah. generally speaking, are, are pretty wrapped up in sort of, yeah, the whirlwind of life or on the hamster wheel, as we like to refer to it. It's, it's yeah. often when our delegates start level up, um, it's a little bit like that for them. And, um, you know, slowly over the five weeks, we we, we start to change some of the behaviors around technology, for example. We start to sh change some of the behaviors around, um, ar around slowing down, disconnecting, being more in touch with themselves. And by default, as you said, I mean, by default, actually, that, that leads to them being more in, in touch and, and better connected with those around them. Right? I mean, it's, um, it can't not work, actually, if uh, someone's willing to lean in and, and practice some of these um, wonderful, um, let's call them activities. Um, just, to, I mean, breathwork in particular, and we, we tend to start with, and we introduce a very simple box breathing, just as a starting point um, in the first week of our program. And even though we introduce a different style and, and then we have guided meditation across the different weeks, it tends to be the box breathing that people stick with. Um, and of course, from our perspective, we don't have an opinion about which they should do. I mean, they should do the one that makes them feel the best, that it resonates with them the most, because they're more likely to continue doing it, which is, of course, what we try and instill, um, sort of make these daily, daily or weekly habits, life habits, life behaviors. Um, but let's, let's sort of dig in. I mean, obviously, you are a yoga instructor, a yoga expert as you are with breathwork and meditation. Um, I'd love, maybe if you just talk about a little bit about the history of, you know, the ancient wisdom that backs all of this. Um, it, it's not some new fandangled creation. On the contrary, um, it dates yeah. back a long time. And if you're happy, I'd love to hear your take on the history of it and how that's now so relevant in today's world, more than ever it could be argued. Yeah, I, I just, I'll take it a step back a little bit just to mm. touch upon what you were saying earlier about, you know, people not finding the time, but the busier we are, more is the need for us to find the energy to, to continue doing what we want to do. You know, stress, burnout is when there's too much to do, not enough time and not enough energy to, to, to do whatever, whatever we want to accomplish. There's not much we can do about 
Everybody just has 24 hours in a day. No one has any a minute more than that. So not much you can do about acquiring more time. Not much you can do very often about diminishing your workload. But what you do have control is your own over is your own energy level. And this is where the work we do is important because once you're you are able to raise your energy level, then you're able to accomplish everything that you want to accomplish in a better manner in less time even. Now coming back to the breath, this in the system of yoga, in the science of yoga, we have known that there is a correlation between how you breathe and your state of mind. For every emotion that we experience, there is a corresponding rhythm in the breath. So this is now acknowledged by modern science. It is now known uh, that yes, in fact, this is the case. When you, you're angry, your breathing pattern changes. When you're sad, depressed, there's a change in the rhythm again. When you're happy, you breathe differently. When there's anxiety, your breath changes again. So this was known in the system of yoga for millennia. Right? Now, and that's where all the teachings of yoga, the pranayams, meditations, all that came from there. So how do you harness your mind? It's not easily done just by willing it. You cannot just, you know, if you're angry, you're caught up in that storm in that moment. And how do you overcome those emotions? How do you dissolve your negative emotions? By attending to the breath. Because by breathing in certain ways, those emotions dissolve and your mind comes back into the present moment. So understanding the, the workings of the mind. Since if, we, if you notice just in, in the last few minutes that you know, we've been chatting together, though you're here, the mind does tend to drift for a, for a second, for a fraction of a second, thinks about what it needs to do, or it is thinking about something that happened uh, five minutes ago, you know, it's, it's vacillating between the past and the future. This is the natural tendency of the mind. More stress there is in the nervous system, more this tendency is there and the stress accumulates, right? When you're angry, you're stuck somewhere. You're stuck in, in, your, in the past. Mm. You're stuck in something that you wanted that didn't happen or something that happened that you didn't like. Mind is stuck. Even when you're anxious, the event hasn't happened, but you're stuck somewhere in the future. So you're not able to live fully in the present moment as life is right now. But your breath is in the present moment. It is only in the present, happening in the present moment. So by using your breath, you can harness the mind. The analogy I would give here is of a kite. A kite is moving here and there in the wind, right? But how do you control that kite if you need that string? And that is what the breath is doing. You're using your breath to arrest this tendency in the mind to vacillate and to bring it here and now in the moment where life is happening. And you can deal with situations and events in a much more effective way and be more joyful, more happy, in a pleasant state of mind in the moment and dissolve those negative tendencies. So this is where all these breathing techniques, pranayams, all these things come, come into effect. And in Art of Living, we have a very 
our signature breathing breath work is called the sky breathing technique sky being the acronym for sudarshan kriya yoga sudarshan kriya so here we are using the natural rhythms of the breath to harmonize the whole nervous system to harmonize um, all the levels of our being and eliminate stresses that are very deep rooted in the in at the cellular level so this is it's very powerful it's very but at the same time very easy to do and very accessible does that answer your question yeah absolutely absolutely thank you i mean and certainly for, for the foundation when you're working through the programs i mean is it a blend of breath work meditation and yoga i mean what what are the component pieces that you have packaged together that ultimately derive the best results so in the in the i mean first first of all yoga is very misunderstood by the by the general population people think yoga is just doing the postures or doing the asanas when in fact yoga is a whole complete science of life you know it's a um spiritual elevation integration of harm of all your emotions and um connection with oneself right so it is not just some postures that we do it includes meditation it includes pranayam breathing and it includes knowledge of the self right so if we look at all of that our programs are very um packaged in a way that bring all these elements together the knowledge the service component the techniques um and the 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 practice of it you know in in for the individual all these elements are are there in our workshops and has, and has, our, that, been, has that been harder to deliver online i mean i know with yoga there are postures involved as part of the, the overall delivery of yoga and therefore uh, doing that online has that been no no we've 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 managed to adapt and and catch up very quickly you know now everything is people are having amazing experiences online actually because they're in the comfort of their homes and yeah, sure. they have create, created that space around them where they can go inward and and uh, experience their depth yeah and with the foundation are you i mean i assume you're trying to instill new life behaviors lifestyle behaviors that uh, people then you know it becomes part of their routine it's not just a program for five weeks or whatever it is and then done um, because i mean naturally we know and that's why we have the community on the back end of our five week program and the five week program is just the entrance the entry point um because we know that there's value in the ongoing being part of a community of course maintaining that human connection but as well just helping to maintain those new routines until they really are second nature and almost muscle memory how, how do you handle yeah. that so yes we do need i mean when you mean lifestyle changes no we're not going to come and tell you what to eat and no no no, to, no what no. to no but we do continue the practices with you so you have a support system by which the instructor uh, will come you'll come together you know week on a weekly basis with other people who have learned the techniques so that you don't you you can you know many many times it's harder to 
get into a routine on your own. The discipline is not there. But when you're there with the group, it makes it much easier, much more fun. So we offer follow-up sessions for that reason. And then once you've done the workshop, you know, we are here to support, to be with you for the rest of the life of your life. We are here. It's up to you to to reach out. Yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And well, I mean, what kind of numbers are we talking about here? R roughly, round numbers globally. What kind of numbers are we talking about? You said globally, we've reached several hundred million. I mean, it's hard to even quantify that. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So. Yeah. Significant. <laughs> Significant. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk about making an impact. Um, and I know that when we talked before, uh, part of your approach is um, helping people understand there's a bigger picture. And you mentioned earlier in this in today's chat, that, you know, often people are just within themselves. They're operating, in, in my words, would be you know they're operating in their bubble. A kind of just living their life in their bubble um, unconsciously uh, often in terms of what they're doing and how they're doing it um, and part of what you offer is the opportunity of being part of something bigger and trusting that there is something bigger um, out there to be a part of that is good um, and it sounds like the foundation ultimately is that and by being a part of the foundation you're being exposed to this idea, um, uh, yeah, of being something bigger than themselves and understanding it's just changing, helping to no, reframe the perspective. It's not just the foundation. Foundation is one organization. Being recognizing that you you yourself are something much bigger, right? That you're not just this physical form. That there's a spirit in you that you're if you can tap into the power in there that you can recognize that you have huge potential that you are connected to something much bigger in the universe that's what we mean right you're not just an individual but you're part of some of a whole and recognizing that there's this universal consciousness that is guiding that is supporting that is sustaining us Right? And that that awareness comes when your mind starts to shed the stresses. When there's less noise, less chatter in you, in your mind, then your more stillness there is in you, more composure, more centeredness there is in you. You recognize that you're part of a whole, that you're not just just this one individual. And how is that important? How how does that matter? This is the basis of life. Somebody who is recognizes that they are connected to nature will not pollute nature, will not cause damage and destruction to nature. Somebody who recognizes that they're part of somebody else, you know, that they're connected to X, Y, Z person, they will not be violent or, or abusive or hurtful towards that because they recognize that that same spirit that is in that individual is here in me right now. I will. I cannot hurt the other. It's you and me are the same. We are one. And that requires greater awareness. When we are stressed, earlier I talked about human values. 
You know, those human values don't express. We are born with human values. If you look at small children, they're happy, loving, caring, friendly by nature. But what has happened to us as adults, we start to accumulate impressions in the mind, accumulate stresses, and that natural tendency to be caring and compassionate becomes much more restricted or it will express itself only occasionally. When the mind is stressed, you're not loving towards somebody else. You're not caring towards somebody else. You're so consumed with yourself. Your own comfort, your own needs, your own desires, your own wants. Right? The moment we start to shed all of that, we recognize that we're part of, that's what I'm saying, we're part of everything, part of the whole. There's only one consciousness. And we're all, you know, existing in that energy, that same energy, the same spirit that is in me is in you as well and that matters if every child was to grow up with that sort of awareness imagine how peaceful this world would be no violence wars happen because we've created divisions in our own minds judgment yeah, prejudices absolutely. yeah 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 oh, uh, too true in the same way that uh, we we often refer to within our community about the uh, the lost art of play as adults. I mean, you see, kids can find joy in a puddle of rainwater, can find just pure joy in that. Um, or actually, one of the questions we ask is, uh, when was the last time you climbed a tree just for the sake of climbing a tree? And yeah, 100% of the answers are when I was a kid. It's like, yeah, we loved it when we yeah. were kids. When did that change? What stopped? It's still fun to climb a tree. Surely it's fun to climb a tree. Um, and so on, all of that creativity, that enthusiasm that somehow gets modified and suppressed as we as become adults, oh, yeah. responsible and all of those things and follow the societal norms of, you know, we get a job, we we meet someone, maybe we have a family and, and so on and so on and so on. You know, the very traditional path. And there's nothing wrong with that, but it seems to come with some inherent downsides like that the lost art of play and creativity and fun and as you say we often as adults we become cynical prejudiced we, we all sorts of things interesting how that how that occurs but i appreciate what you're talking about in terms of spirituality and and being connected at a more a more fundamental level and once we have that realization the power um that comes with that to be more free in our thoughts and, and our feelings and our emotions and more connected um, to the naysayers, to those who just go, ah, it's all woo woo. Um, how do you try and address that with the people who are just closed to the idea of that? Just look at children. Children are spiritual by nature. They are happy. They live simple lives. They're free. Even if they're upset, they will be able to get, you know, shake it off in a moment, right? And come back into the present moment. Being spiritual means living in the present moment over and over again and again and again and again, like children, right? That's it. Nothing complicated about that. So remembering that, remembering that you're that. It's not woo-woo, it's, it's your nature. You were born like that. But somewhere along the way, other things took over. So, yeah. Just yeah, absolutely. With that. I'm conscious that I and 
I suspect anyone listening to this in our audience um, so far would have been relating to you know, the Western world, the Western world's struggles and challenges and you know, those challenges and struggles in our lives and so on and thinking about just the busyness of it all. Now, I know you've spent um, quite some time in Africa um, and I'd really like to hear about what, what, what your mission there was and maybe still is, but as well, how relatable? I mean, they've, they've got a different set of struggles maybe, but somehow they're relatable in terms of the emotions and, and the psychology of it all. And actually, even though the different, very different situation, but somehow the same kind of struggles. I'd love to hear more about that. No, you, you pinned it. You know, it's exactly that. I, I, I have taught in many African countries and I've spent a lot of time in conflict areas as well. And the stories are different. The situations are, are very different. Challenges are very different. But then the, the human nature is the same wherever you are. You know, every soul is seeking that experience of peace, of joy, of comfort from within, of solace, you know, and that's what we're here to, to guide you towards, you know, using some simple techniques. So people are the same and they experience the same benefits, they experience the same transformation because ultimately we all have never, none of us have ever learned how to handle our mind our emotion, neither at school nor no. at home. We have, have we been taught what happens when you're angry? What do you do when you're angry? How do you overcome your negative emotions? What, what do you do we, when we, you're feeling down and depressed? We, we medicate. In the Western world, we medicate. We give it a label and we medicate. That's pretty much how it works in the Western <laughs> world, which is a shame. Huh? Yeah, so, but it's, it's a simple... Um, balance of increasing your energy level. When I talk about energy, I talk about life force energy. So when that balance shifts and your energy level rises, then automatically you feel better. You feel happier. You feel more alert. Mind is more clear. So these techniques take you in that direction. And they, they, they also make you resilient, resilient to to stresses, really resilient to anxiety, negative emotions. So that though your circumstances are challenging, from inside you're in control, you know what you need to do. And even though you do get upset, you will get upset, you will get angry, emotions will come and go. This is life, we are human beings. Then you just sit with yourself for 15, 20 minutes, do the breathe, do the techniques, and overcome them and get on with your life. Right? You don't let those things take over your life. You be in charge. You, this is what we call self-mastery. So people anywhere in the world, they experience this. Everywhere in the world, they experience the same because we are the same. We are the same. We want the same thing. Absolutely. Um, I know when we spoke before, one of the, one of the challenges in, in Africa that is an ongoing reality for the women there in particular is that I think you said it was only one third of men are remaining in some parts of Africa and of course that that leads to some significant challenges for the women that that remain and I I'm interested 
your your way of helping them is the same i'm assuming because as you've just said we're all humans we're the same in the end yeah those were specific situations in war torn countries that we right. were, that you are referring to and we're seeing the same happening right now with ukraine right where the the men are at war and the the women and children are the ones who are really struggling to to survive you know and to overcome the challenges the day to day so it's the same we're the same everywhere you know doesn't matter where today the war is here tomorrow it can be somewhere else but the same tools that are delivered in slightly packaged slightly differently we have specialized programs for ptsd um so the there are certain techniques that are taught that can can help with that and the sky breathing being one of them but uh, incorporated in there are some other techniques also to to help the individual so those were taught i taught those programs here we, here we teach them to first responders and to the the military in the western world so yeah challenges uh, are there globally and are there are there differences when you consider the different cultures and here we in this conversation we've crossed a fairly broad range of cultures um how, how do you find you have to adapt the programs or your even your approach of the subject the introduction of the subject based on cultural sensitivities yeah i mean you need to be skilled at it but ultimately there's not much to adapt because everybody wants to be happy and everyone is breathing <laughs> so you just need to you know it, it we don't we don't overcomplicate things we just teach them what they they know already but you know bring it to, into their their context um depending you know for children we have very different programs so the same techniques taught but in a, delivered in a different manner because children are not going to sit and listen to you for a couple of hours you need to play games you need to read stories you need to deliver it in a different manner and for the military for personnel from you know the police people who have been affected with ptsd it's delivered slightly differently uh, and the corporate sector you have to talk a different language right same material same techniques but delivered in a using language that that they're familiar with that they, makes sense to them So that's what we adapt our programs in that manner. Yeah. Such a good example when you think about what we've discussed. Um yeah. how perhaps there should be the single way of introducing it and it's the same way that the children receive that makes it more fun, gamifies it. Um isn't it it's it's interesting isn't it given what we've said how it's adapted to a certain type of language for a corporate customer. And I mean PTSD is something different of course. um but how it's delivered to adults and even adults within a certain segment or industry versus how it's delivered to children you have to wonder if the take up rate would be even better if it was a a more um approachable even more approachable um style like kids enjoy uh, you have to wonder don't you um why we adults yeah. need something packaged differently um when in fact maybe the gamification is the key there who knows but um we adults adults complicate things a lot 
where children just they take things as they receive things as it comes to them. Adults, the intellect has matured there, right? So you have sure, to sure. work with that. You have to present. They don't have the cynicism them. yet. Um, I, I guess. Uh, yeah, I guess that yeah, adults tend to be more, maybe more cautious. They have learned to be more cautious. They feel the need more cautious and. Um, yeah, find logic and reason in it um, and, and almost stress test it mentally before being open to it in case it's a danger or or something that isn't for them. You're right, though. I mean, children, sure. Um, just open, huh? Just much more open, which is why it's a shame it's not part of, you know, the schools, a, a sort of basic education. I mean, there are other examples how kids go through school and are not really taught in, in the most part, in my experience, and not taught anything about how to handle their personal finances, for example. So we are we are teaching in schools. So our programs are taught in schools as well. Oh, yeah. That is music <laughs> to the ears. For this reason, <laughs> for this reason. Yeah, Colleges I mean, absolutely. Schools, yeah. You have to wonder as well how many, I mean, given the, uh, you know, the, the dramatic increase in statistics of children who are being diagnosed with ADHD and, and yeah. similar yeah. type behavioral conditions um, as they're referred to now you have to wonder how many of those could be dramatically improved or even i mean prevented heaven forbid um just by adopting some of these practices um and which yeah, we would we, i know when i said lifestyle early you sort of meant oh we don't tell people what to eat i mean food is just one component of lifestyle i mean lifestyle can be as individual as behaviors around technology sleep for sure um as well, we would include sort of active recovery protocols, so breath work, meditation, yoga, tai chi, ice baths, ice showers, saunas, you name it. We're talking about um, trying to build um, bulletproof brains and bombproof bodies and ultimately deliver happy, healthy humans is what we're trying to do, as you are. So in the same way, we don't tell people what to eat, of course not. Um, and we're not qualified to do that, and it's not our motivation. Most people know what's good for them or not anyway. So we just try and create the space for them um, to make better decisions for themselves. Um, uh, but we do that through a lot of the techniques that you're talking about, variations of, I mean, big picture, the umbrella, you know, mindfulness, breath work, meditation. Um, but no, powerful stuff. Look, I'm really conscious of time, EJ. I'm, I'm very grateful for, and, and how generous you've been with your time. Um, I mean, if you were to try and sum up any sort of final message that you'd like to give to our audience, um, how would that sound? I would say, you know, give yourself a chance. You know, there is much more to you than you even know. And to tap into that, to tap into the source of, of what you are, um, it requires some skill and it requires some guidance. And once you've tasted that nectar, then you know that you will not regret it. You will, in fact, you will say, oh, I should have known about this, you know, a long time ago. Why didn't I experience this much earlier? This has been my personal experience as well. So I would say yeah. reach out to us. And, and if people want to connect with me personally, my Instagram handle is Coach Hitu, and uh, yeah, I we'll, we'll, put, we'll put all you. of that in. We'll put all of that in the show notes yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, absolutely. But yeah. um, 
No, it seems um, the more we can do at a, a young age, a school level now, um, the better. It's laying the foundations for future generations, no question about it. Um, well, thank you, and there you have it. Um, so thank you for listening. Uh, if you've enjoyed this, please go ahead and share it and leave us a review on whichever platform you're using. It really does help more than you know. And if you're interested in grabbing a copy of my book, Lead by Example, which talks about how you can unleash your potential at work and in life, I would love to send it to you. So if you go to the impactproject.io and take a dive down that rabbit hole, it'll end up on your doorstep in no time. Um, my thanks to Hitu again. Um, we'll be posting all of the various links to Hitu's socials, um, website, uh, for sure, the Art of Living Foundation, um, of course, and they'll all be in the show notes. So until next time, get gritty about kicking your goals and go make an impact in the world.